everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. everybody and welcome to a new episode, sort of a new episode, <laughs> of my K-drama podcast. Uh, so this week I do have to apologize. Um, unfortunately, due to some random stuff outside of my control, including getting COVID, <laughs> uh, I have not been able to record the episode that was meant to be played this week for the show. I was meant to be doing a fun guest gab episode with special guest G. Uh, I was going to get him to recap the first episode of a very famous drama, Descendants of the Sun. That was my my exciting mission. But um, yeah, COVID hit the household and life had to change <laughs> from what I originally thought would happen. So what I've actually done for this week uh, is I've delved into some of my Patreon episodes. So a lot of the content that I made for Patreon over the last you know, however long I've had that for a while, I think. Um, and unfortunately, uh, for Patreon listeners, I really, really apologize because you guys probably already heard this episode, but for everyone else, it'll be something new. Um, but I am pulling out uh, a kind of chat I did on Red Sky Lovers as an overview. I did it a little while ago, but I'm just going to play it now um, because of, yeah, <laughs> I just need something to play. So this is what I picked. Hopefully it's all right for everybody. Thank you so much for your understanding and your patience and particularly thank you to all those wonderful patreon supporters who potentially have already listened to this episode thank you guys so much for all your support um and yeah for dealing with a double play on a on an episode all right i'm gonna go um and then i'm just gonna play the recording thanks so much for listening everybody bye Hello everybody, uh, welcome to a brand new episode of my K-drama show. I'm very excited to be here this week talking about a drama that I have mixed feelings about. <laughs> Basically, I fucking loved the first half more, the first three quarters of this drama. I thought it was fresh, charming, fun, swoony, kind of felt original. I loved the plot, I loved everything about it, loved the characters. And then I feel like it just like, I don't know, from like maybe episode 10 or 11, it just spun its wheels and they just spun and they spun and then it finished. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, fair warning to listeners. Um, You know, obviously we all have our own personal taste. We have those ingredients that work for us. Um, and yeah, it's just a warning that I'm going to complain a little bit. <laughs> it's 
is what's going to happen. Um, so I just want to tell you guys that plain um, because obviously I don't want to upset anyone who completely fucking loves this drama. And if you completely loved it, I think that's brilliant because, you know, I've waxed on here um, on this show absolutely waffled on in the past about dramas that I absolutely adore that everyone else thinks is totally shit. So um, I don't know if anyone should listen to my opinion on these things. <laughs> That's why I call these chats and uh, not reviews because um, I don't know if I really trust my opinion. It's more just an outpouring of feelings. All right. So warning aside, there you go. That's what's going to happen. So the drama that I am chatting with you guys about this week is Lovers of the Red Sky, which is also known as Red Sky Lovers. And in Hangul, it's actually written as Hong Ton Ki, which is the main character's name. So it's not called any of those things in Korean, which is interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, so Red Sky Lovers, which is what I kind of knew it as when I was watching it, is based on a novel. It is, did I say this already? It's a fantasy romance set in Joseon times, lots of like magic and gods and demons, fateful lovers, um, great ingredients for a brilliant show. <laughs> uh, 16 episodes and Red Sky Lovers came out in 2021, sort of late-ish 2021. Um, so yeah, like I said, mixed feelings from me. Um, why I watched it. Oh, it's, it's set in Joseon times. Of course I'm going to watch it. <laughs> no, I'm such a fan of historicals and I think I really love the way. Oh, so I remember in 2020, you know, the, I think there was one historical that came out that year which I think is horrifying. But in 2021, there has been, and particularly like towards the end of 2021 and moving across into 2022, so many historical dramas that I can't even keep up at this point, um, which is exciting and fun and also stressful because I want to watch them all. <laughs> so Lovers of the Red Sky, uh, I think this is kind of like one of the sort of the earlier ones that I watched, I suppose, in this big batch that came out at the end of 2021. I was super, super excited for it because I fucking love the lead actress in this. Kim Yoo Dong is beautiful and wonderful. And I feel like, you know, she had such a mash, a massive, can't speak now. <laughs> Whoops. She had such a massive hit um, a few years ago uh, with Love in the Moonlight, which she co-starred in in 2016 with Park Bo Gum. And that was also a fantasy, I feel like very swoony kind of, you know, kind of youth fantasy fusion kind of a drama. It was great. I really loved it. And, you know, it was so popular, but I really feel like she hasn't, she just has, she been, she's sort of been in duds since then. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. So she was in Clean with Passion for Now, which came out in, I don't know, late 2018, which I tried to watch this wasn't for me. It didn't work. And Backstreet Rookie, which I still haven't seen, um, which she starred in with Ji Tang Uk. Um, and now Lovers of the Red Sky. So I kind of wish that I loved this more just because I love her a lot and I want to follow her around K-drama land. I always try her dramas, but although to be fair, I did watch to the end of this one. So that's an improvement on, on the last two that she was in. Um, and there is like, I don't want to complain so much, like, because there is so much that I loved about this show. Like, and when it was kind of at its peak for me personally, I was in heaven watching it. Like it's so charming and beautiful. It's so clear and crisp. It's very swoony. And I loved the kind of the concept of the setup. Like it's a very, very cool show. I just feel like for me personally, 
funny. The last bunch of episodes just didn't deliver on, I think, what it is. I sort of felt like it had promised me that it might do. So I felt like it just kind of like... I don't know. It was so perfect at the start. It was so addictive. I think I marathoned like five episodes in one day. (laughs) So it was really good. But then I feel like that feeling of just adoring it just sort of like petered out as I felt like the show started spinning its wheels when it came to the plot and sort of, I don't know, it felt like we were on a merry-go-round. Um, So yeah, I feel kind of sad about it because I think it's like, you know, anything like a book that you read, a movie you watch, a drama you watch, like if it starts off a bit shit and ends amazing, I feel like you're going to come out of that show feeling really positive about it. Even though it was a bit shit at the start, you're probably going to rave about it a little bit because it was so satisfying by the end. And of course, once you've just finished it, you know, that's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the satisfying ending. And I feel like it's kind of sad with this one because I think so much of my reaction is that the ending didn't work for me to kind of really, really suck me in and excite me. So I'm probably like, as a whole, I'm talking about the show like it wasn't even as good as it was when it actually was. Like, the, the, I mean, 10 episodes of this, I felt were pretty bloody perfect, to be honest. Like, they were so charming and I just loved it. Um, but there's that. That's how it goes, I guess. You just kind of... Uh, that's why you got to try and land those endings, I suppose, because unfortunately that's what sticks in people's minds. So why I watched it, that's what I was saying. I was already saying this. Um... It's a historical. I was going to watch it. Had Kim Yu-dong in it. I was going to watch it. Um, and also, you know, there's a lot of different types of historicals, I guess, that come out. And I always love those ones that are a little bit more female focused. I always find that really fun. Um, and I also particularly, because I do, I'm really interested in Joseon history and I find that stuff really interesting and I love learning about it through dramas particularly. <laughs> it's a great way to learn about history, even though, you know, obviously I know these, you know, they're not true stories. They are dramas. This is okay. I know this. Um, but I do love through dramas, discovering um, kind of different roles that women might have played, you know, might have played um, in history. And I find that really interesting um, when they're not always about, you know, queens or, um, you know, kind of higher up young bun woman, uh, women and things like that. So this one kind of fulfilled that for me. It made me very interested because the main character played by Kim Yu-dong, so her name's Hong Tong-gi, is a painter, a painter from the Joseon era, which is, you know, that's not... A, a thing that was, I guess, hugely, I mean, I think it was a thing. There's <laughs> obviously there were women painters back then. What am I saying? I don't really know. Um, but I was interested in that. So I guess that was another kind of big pull for me. Um, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about casting. Um, obviously I've already talked about, uh, Kim Yu-dong who, you know, she's really, I kind of felt like she's the main character, but it's definitely her and also, um, the male lead who are kind of double billed. Um, so the male lead is played by the actor An Hyo Sob and he plays a character called Haram. So An Hyo Sob has been in a lot of stuff. What kind of stuff? Um, he... Oh, I'm trying to see. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking him up. Um, so obviously he starred in Dr. Romantic 2, which came out in 2020. Uh, he also starred in Abyss in 2019. And I'm pretty sure Abyss was his very first like starring role. Um, and he had like a little kind of side role in Still 17. Um, so I first saw him in Still 17, which I really, really enjoyed. 
And I really liked him in that. I remember really noticing him and liking him, but I did try to watch Abyss and that one just didn't kind of work for me. And so I kind of dropped off and I never really gave Dr. Romantic to a proper try. So like, I have to say, I do like Anhyosop, but he's not one of those dudes who I'm like following him around K-drama land obsessively. I'm kind of like, if he's in something, I'm like, yeah, whatever, cool. And if he's not, I'm like, yeah, whatever, cool. It's like, you know, either or for me. So I I don't know. Like, I feel this is like... It feels really embarrassing to admit this, but like if you're watching a drama and then towards the end, it gets a little bit less exciting, say, but say, for instance, you're me and the male lead is someone that you really love and you just want to watch his pretty, pretty face on your screen. Like, I feel like you're much more likely me. I'm talking about me. I'm much more likely to be like, oh, this drama's great. The plot's brilliant. Like, I mean, it's great. I I don't see any plot holes at all. Like, look at this man's face. (laughs) So not to say that Ahn Hyosop is not very pretty because he is, he's just not so much like one of those, I guess, actors that I'm particularly kind of following around and excited by. But also I can only imagine that there must be a lot of listeners who do. <laughs> I think he's very, very popular and he is super, super pretty. So I think he's really good in this. Um, and oh, although... <laughs> I'm just going to get to complaining straight away um, because I can't help it. I'm not sure, right? Is it just me? But I felt, so Anhyo Sob, as a male lead, he plays a man who is blind for like basically 90% of the drama. He's blind. And at the start of the drama, like when he first kind of grows up into his older man self, (laughs) I mean, like the child actor goes off and, you know, Anhyo Sob turns up to play his grown up self. Um, You know, he's blind and I felt like, oh, he's doing a really great job. This actor's like, he's moving his head. He looks like he can't see things. And then I felt there was just this point in the drama where I started getting really confused. And I felt like this actor was like moving his eyeballs and like looking at people all the time. Like he's talking to someone and his eyeballs are like looking to the side at them and stuff. And I was like, can he see now? Is this what's going on? Like, I feel like he can see suddenly. So there were so many moments where I was like, can Hiram see? Oh my gosh, what's happened? And then I'd be like, oh no, no, he can't. Like, I feel like this is just, is this just the actor making a small mistake? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So look, I'm not going to lie. I found this slightly distracting because I kept kind of thinking he was meant to be able, like something had changed in his situation, but this was not the case. So it was really odd. I thought that was kind of weird. I felt like it was just at some point, other than the red contacts, he just kind of, I felt like he sort of forgot that he was meant to be you know, acting as a blind man, but I don't know. Was that just me? Maybe it was just me. I don't know. Um, I'm not an actor and I don't know how to do it. So I guess I won't complain. (laughs) I didn't mind it, to be honest. I kind of found it amusing. Um, So anyway, he's the male lead. Um, I do think he's very good in this. He plays like Haram, his character. He's kind of nice for a male lead, I think. Like he's quite gentle and quiet. Like he's very capable, but there's this kind of elegant gentleness around him that's maybe a little bit different when I think of you know, I guess, Saguk male leads and historicals, just because historicals kind of lend themselves to, you know, swords and things like that. So I kind of liked it. I thought it was a little bit refreshing and nice. So he's very, very likable in this. So the second male lead is played by the actor Gong Myung. And Gong Myung is just one of those actors who has just been 
I don't know, showing up, popping up in loads of different dramas in sort of, you know, side roles and stuff. Um, I think I guess my, my most recent drama I saw him in would be a kind of a semi-major role, but a side character in Be Melodramatic um, and probably heaps of other stuff as well. So um, again, I'm not like a crazy, crazy Gong Myung fan, but I'm always happy to see him pop up in dramas as he constantly does. He plays the second male lead, who is a grand prince, um, the younger of the two grand princes in the dramas, um, the dr drama. Doing great today, aren't I? So professional, oh my gosh. Uh, and his name is, in the drama is Young Myung. Um, so he's kind of, I don't know, he's just the like the benevolent, lovely, you know, handsome, nice sort of princey prince in this. And that's sort of his character. I don't know. Did he kind of go, Did was there growth there? I don't know. He kind of falls in love with the female lead. And I guess I'll, I'll tell you guys all that stuff later. But um, I did like him in this. He was nice. But I also felt like he was very, I don't know, like he kind of had a role to play. But in some ways he just stood around and, and watched <laughs> the lead character Chonky paint a lot but I guess he facilitated that for her you know he gave her a room to paint in and stuff I feel like I'm being so picky about this drama now but like it's so sad because I loved the first 10 episodes if you just got me to record this after the first 10 episodes I would not have said a word against it like I was in love with it and now I'm just like <laughs> I'm like yeah whatever picking apart every single thing Oh my gosh, sorry. So please take all this this chatter with a grain of salt, particularly if you haven't seen it, because I have seen some really, really great reviews for this drama, and I feel like my approach and opinion to it might be so different to yours if you haven't watched it. So like, don't don't listen to me. I'm not telling you to stop listening to me. <laughs> Obviously, I want people to listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I'm just going to move on. Um, the kind of villain dude in this drama is played by the actor Kwak Xiong, and he plays a character, Grand Prince Juhong, who is the older prince and, you know, the heir to the throne, technically. He's also a raging asshole. <laughs> But because I have this problem, <laughs> I really liked him. I liked him so much. But, you know, I really like the actor Kwak Xiong. Kwak Xiong has been around in Dramaland for quite a while. And it kills me that this man has not got a lead role. Like, I just do not understand. He's so good. What's wrong with everybody? They should give him a lead role. So I saw him first, like many years ago. He was in um, a drama in 2015 called Persevere Guhera. And this was like, he was literally the lead role. He was the male lead in this romantic drama. And I loved him in it. He was so good. And then he just never got another lead role ever again. He always just plays little, like tiny, weird side characters or completely bonkers, evil villains. Like, you know, what he does in this. I think he's very, very good though. And also, I think he's very, very handsome. <laughs> and I feel like that helps um, in me following him around K-drama land. Ah, you can see where my, my uh, K-drama priorities are. Um, so what else is, uh, so he played like a teeny tiny role in Oh My Ghost, um, in 2015. And then since then, he's just been in so many things. Like he's a mad villain in Chicago typewriter. Um, he's got heaps of cameos and yeah, I don't know. He just keeps popping up, but I really don't get why he's not in more stuff. I think he's really great. He's just like extremely handsome. <laughs> um, he really, really reminded me in this one, um, 
So I've watched another a drama called The Grand Prince, uh, which is the one that stars Yoon Si-yoon and Jin Se-yeon, which is kind of more traditional kind of historical drama. But the I guess the second male lead in that is played by the actor Ju Sung-wook, and he's sort of like a villain, but you kind of love him as well. Like he's so damaged and hurt, but he's so like he's terrifying. And I just felt like um, in this drama, Red Sky Lovers, Kwok Si-young's performance as the villain, as, you know, a grand prince, just like like channeled that other performance by the actor Ju Sung-wook so much and I really liked that because I, I don't know they just had like similar like very scary sort of vibes um so I really enjoyed that even though I think that uh in this drama Red Sky Lovers Grand Prince Ju Hong goes completely bonkers at the end and then his whole storyline just sort of it just fizzles off into the weirdest ending oh my gosh we'll get to that later Um, of course there's all like, you know, loads of other faces that you recognize and you've seen before from a million other dramas and they're all good and I like them. So that's kind of the casting and I always ask, you know, should you watch it? So should you watch Red Sky Lovers? Um, I think so. Like, I feel, I hate the idea of me, you know, I don't know, just like dissing it so much and then people not trying it when it could actually be perfect for you. It might be something that works for you so much. So I guess there's a couple of things I'd probably say about my personal taste that, you know, I don't totally, totally love the two actors who play the male lead and the second male lead. Like I'm fine with them. I think they're really good. I think they do a good job, but they're not like personal favorites. So that like, it sucks. (laughs) I wish I wasn't like this, but immediately I'm like slightly less interested already. Um, Although I love Kim Yoo-jong. So basically I watched it for her and she's amazing in the whole thing. Um, But also I have a weird relationship with kind of really heavy on the fantasy romance oh not the romance obviously but the fantasy stuff um and I know a lot of listeners don't feel that way about the kind of big sweeping fantasy dramas that sometimes I do um I don't know what it is and I'm still kind of like it's so weird like you can have personal taste around something and I still haven't quite figured out what I like and what I don't like because For quite a long time, I thought that I didn't like, say, fantasy dramas or even modern dramas that had too heavy um, a fantasy sort of element, like this big, you know, crazy CGI and demons and gods. And I just thought and like major magic kind of focus on magic and stuff. I thought I didn't like it. And so for a very long time, I sort of avoided a lot of dramas that are very clearly like that. And it's been a very odd thing for me because I think ever since watching um, Hotel Del Luna, which I only just watched kind of more recently within the last year or something, um, I realized that I, I mean, I loved that drama. I loved it so much. Um, And so I'm not sure, like, I feel really confused about what I like and what I don't like now. So which is why I am trying more fantasy dramas. Um, But I do wonder if this one, this one may be, I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, is it the fantasy ones that I really love? I feel like they're very, very dark, like very, like Hotel de Luna is a very dark show. And I really love, I guess I really love things that are really dark and bloody. Maybe there wasn't enough blood in this drama. Was this drama too pretty for me? Gosh, I don't know. I really actually have no answer, so I probably shouldn't have gone down that rabbit hole. But what I'm trying to say is if you read the synopsis for the show and you saw some stills of it and you like the look of it, you should definitely watch it and don't listen to any of my crap. 
<laughs> oh, I did really love the start. All right. I'm just, I'm just going to move on now into the setup and I'll tell you guys about the start, which was really good. Fucking brilliant. Too bad about the end. <laughs> Alright, so the setup of Red Sky Lovers. So this drama kind of opens with this very dramatic and quite exciting scene where basically there's this very, very old king and he's like all, I don't know, trussed up on a little platform and like clearly some kind of rituals going on. And then there's this other, I was going to say old king, but he's not, I guess he's like the crown prince, um, but he's also, he's pretty old, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyway, that's not the point. Um, so basically, there's a king and he has a demon inside him. He's this, this guy's pretty old. And we kind of hear through like what some of the characters say then and also later that this particular king who has a mad demon inside him has sort of, I think he's he's killed some people in order to be king, right? So he's done some nefarious deeds and now he's king. But now he's at this point where I guess he's trying to fight off this demon that's inside him. Like we don't know really well. I mean, I don't know how the demon got there. Maybe I missed it, whatever. Um, but this whole ritual is probably going to kill him. But everyone's like, you know, this old king's like, it has to be done. This is the right thing. Like, this demon is going to get out. It's going to ruin the whole world. Like, it's very scary shit. And so he has his son who's there, um, who's like, I don't know, trying to facilitate this demon removal exorcism thing. And there's some shamans everywhere. And it's like, it's very dramatic and it's very exciting. And then nearby in like this little um, pavilion room thing is a couple of royal painters. And they are painting a portrait of this very old king who has a demon inside him and the idea is they're going to suck the demon out of him using like shaman powers and they're going to stick that old demon inside this like little portrait and then everything will be great is what they hope of course that doesn't work and everything goes fucking wrong um and basically the demon at one point is just like I don't know, it's this big mad smoke monster thing. I thought it actually looked really cool. Um, and I always like, I don't know, I'm always very impressed by dramas that are very CGI heavy, that kind of make things like otherworldly things look really good because I'm quite aware <laughs> that that's hard to do. I feel like I've watched enough dramas and movies to understand that sticking a big CGI monster into your thing is like, that's hard. It, it always looks it doesn't always look a bit crap, but like quite often, I think it looks a little bit crap. Obviously, these days, CGI is just getting better and better, but I don't know. I loved it. I thought it looked really cool. So this big mad smoke demon thing is kind of like taunting everybody. And I can't really remember, but like basically he's he doesn't want to get into his little painting. Um, and then I think they, they open up the doors to like the painting room or whatever. And the painters are told like, don't look at this demon in the eyes. Like no one can look at him in the eyes. And I don't know what this is like. Obviously there's some sort of power thing with the eyes because the eyeballs are like a big theme. Are eyeballs a theme of this drama? Yes, I think they are. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but whatever. So like, don't look the demon in the eyes, basically is what I'm trying to say. But of course, one of the painters does look the demon in the eyes. Um, and so basically the demon curses him, which I thought was really interesting. So basically this painter is... Um, he just, he's cursed to go mad, basically. He loses his mind, but also he's cursed with the idea that 
none of his descendants will ever be able to follow in his footsteps and paint. Um, I thought this was really cool. Um, not cool as in good. It's bad. It's really bad for everyone involved, but very interesting start of the drama. Um, because obviously, I guess in Joseon times, um, that whole thing of you know, passing your trade along to your children is kind of a big deal, I guess. Um, so anyway, meanwhile, while all this is going on, a very heavily pregnant lady is trying to beat off a bunch of, I think, wolves in the forest. And this like old granny god comes down and kind of helps her out a little bit. Um, but she has, I think she has, she have the baby. Anyway, she probably has the baby before she dies, presumably, right? It wouldn't really, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. So anyway, she has the baby um, and the mother dies. So it's, it's actually pretty tragic. It's pretty awful. Um, but the baby is born. But because of uh, Ma Wang, Ma Wang is the demon. So because of this curse about, you know, this, this royal painter's descendants never being able to paint and follow in his footsteps, the baby's eyes, her vision is stolen away so that she can never paint. And of course, this is, you know, the royal painter's baby that gets born in the woods. So this is like the big tragedy of the beginning. Like, so they managed to seal Ma Wang into this painting, um, but it's clearly not like foolproof or, you know, stable forever kind of stuff. Um, so, and then we just kind of flash forward. I don't know how many years, uh, 10 years, 12 years. I can never tell how old kids are. <laughs> Anyway, they're little and cute. Um, and I really loved the childhood section in this show. I thought it was it was very charming and beautiful and sweet. And I thought just such a great introduction to this idea of, I guess, this whole fated, you know, fated lovers, fated romance kind of thing. And I really loved that idea in this drama of like all these gods and demons are kind of like they're pulling strings. They're kind of trying to make things happen, but there's only so far that they can interfere. And there's just this, like this, I don't know, fated connection. These two are meant to be together. That's what the universe has just created. And I, I really like that. I think that's very, you know, it's very swoony and romantic and very interesting as well. Um, so yeah, we catch back up with, um, you know, this little, this baby that was blind, um, and she's now, you know, a little girl and she's very, I really liked her. Um, I'm not sure who the actress was, but I thought she did a great job. Um, and basically she, her dad, like her dad is obviously very unwell and unstable and he's sort of like a street painter and they're sort of getting by. It sounds like he has moments of lucidity where he comes back to himself, but we don't see that many of those in the drama. Like she has a really tough time because she's very little but and she's blind but she has to try and like rein in her dad and keep things going and it's a very very tough life um she's unbelievably charming this little girl um so anyway this other dude who's like i think he was a painter and he was there at that you know the big the big thing from years ago and i was like what the fuck like what's wrong with that king you know he he used up this royal painter, this royal painter's gone mad after like painting. His baby's been born blind because of this awful demon that he helped the king, you know, pull out of his dad or whatever. Because now, obviously, the crown prince is the new king because the old the old king's dead, presumably. Can't remember what happened there. Something. Um, and I was like, dude, like this guy helped you paint your little painting, sacrificed everything for you, the king. And the king's just like, yeah, I'm not even going to give him a house to live in. And I mean, I don't know what happened. Presumably 
I don't know if maybe it wasn't the king's fault, but I felt like it was the king's fault. I feel like he's a bad king. He just let this guy go off and look after his blind daughter on a street corner somewhere. Very uncool, this king. Didn't like him. I think secretly it's revealed at the end that he was actually helping everyone all along. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I thought he was rubbish. Chuck him in the bin. Um, anyway, <laughs> I feel like the actor who plays the king, I can't remember his name, but I've seen him, seen him in a lot of like historicals and I don't know why I never like his characters. <laughs> So I feel like I've just got like a bias against his face now. I'm always like, hmm, he's no good. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, the point is that I'm pretty sure it's like one of the other royal painters who sort of helped out, but he didn't go mad because he didn't look at Ma Wang at the time, you know, of this big ritual thing. So he's still like, you know, doing well as a royal painter um, and living the high life in the palace, presumably. And he also has a son and his son was born on the exact same day as the ritual, the same as, you know, the little girl was. Um, and of course, his son is Haram and the little girl who is made blind by the curse is Tongi. Um, and so they're both little kids now. And because the, you know, the kind of the painted dude who's still doing well and hasn't gone mad on the street sees the other guy, they kind of like reconnect again. And basically Haram is left to hang out with Chongi. So this is the first time these two kids ever meet. And it's really charming. Like, I don't know, I've seen this, like, you know, the childhood connection, the childhood romance or whatever, like, so many times and I have to say I'm watching like four historicals right now and they all have this and I really liked it I thought it was really I don't know it was actually kind of romantic I know they're kids I, I know it shouldn't be romantic but it kind of was like it's just that whole fated thing like they're not quite at that point yet because they're very very small but I don't know I really liked it um, there's a scene, you know, basically they just spend a nice day together, you know, and she brings him to this painting academy, which is, you know, they're kind of looking after her dad, I suppose. Oh, look, someone's looking after her dad. So that's nice. Anyway, so she has kind of a found family aspect there and she goes in and she obviously like, um, is trying to learn how to paint, but she you know, she can't really because she can't see, but she listens and she listens to the sound of the brushes on the paper. And she kind of just introduces Haram to her world and her life. And it is really charming. And he is so charmed by her. There's this one particular scene that I loved. And she's like, I can't remember what happened if she was upset at him or something, but She's kind of crouched down on a dirt street and she has this um, stick and she draws this like swirl in the dirt and he's like, what's that? And she's like, it's a star. Like she doesn't know what stars look like. And to her, this is what a star looks like. And I was like, I don't know. I found that really beautiful. And obviously he's like, well, that's not, you know, technically what a star looks like. This is what a star looks like. And he then, you know, he kind of grabs her hand and helps her like draw a constellation and stuff. So it's really nice. And then of course they go and hang out in a peach field and eat some peaches and get chased. And by the end of all this, Haram is like, he's done. He's in love. <laughs> this is it for him, even though he's, you know, he's a small child, but whatever. Um, and so they make this promise they'll meet up again, like, and she's so excited because she doesn't have friends. Like no one sort of slows down for her or gives her time or I guess works to connect with her and she's very lonely is the impression that I had and here's someone who you know he's obviously very charmed by her and he wants to be her friend and this is a big deal for her like a really big deal so they make a plan to meet again I think the next day or in two days or something and she 
you know, kind of like touches his face and kisses his cheek and it's all very lovely and romantic, even though they're tiny, tiny children, but whatever, we'll just skate over that. It's super nice. And then, of course, everything goes to shit. So there's another ritual because I think um, something's going wrong with the whole Mawang painting thing, or I think there's been no rain for ages or something. I don't know. There's a shaman ritual. And this shaman woman who was there, you know, originally, and um, I don't know, like, I kind of thought her whole deal in the show was like, you know, she just seems like not a great person because like at this ritual, she's kind of like, it'd be really great if it rained. So I think even though the king told me not to do human sacrifice, I think what I'll do is some human sacrifice. And she's like, what about this human? And she grabs Haram because he has like, what's he got? I don't know, some he's got like water magic or something. So she's like, he's great. Let's sacrifice this tiny little boy. We'll pretend that he's just taking part of the ritual, but you know, I'm going to totally murder him. And so this is her intention. Like she doesn't actually manage to murder him, but she tries really hard. And then throughout the rest of the drama, she's like fully helping Grand Prince Juhong, who is, you know, Kwak Xiang's mad villain character, who, you know, he wants to drag Ma Wang into his body and she's like yeah I'm cool with this this is a great idea I think Ma Wang this evil demon being inside your body when you're clearly already crazy and evil is a great idea and then at the end she like sacrifices her life for the good of the world and is supposed to be a good character and I was like hang on hang on what she she did some bad shit like I I just don't know anyway <laughs> that's not really what I was talking about was it um so <laughs> all over the place. Uh, anyway, so back at the ritual, you know, she wants it to rain. She tries to kill Haram. It doesn't work. He like falls in the river. He's going to drown, but then he floats up into the sky. And meanwhile, um, as a, you know, a small child, but not quite as small, um, Xiang's like small active version <laughs> of the villain, Grand Prince Juhong is like, I don't know. He I actually thought it was really interesting. And again, I thought it was it was an interesting thread that I felt kind of was left un, not looked at as much as I could have kind of liked, even though I guess it's been done before, but whatever. Um, but Grand Prince Juyong is like, he is hungry for the throne. He wants it so bad. Like he's a scary guy, even as a boy. But you also get the impression that Ma Wang, there's something there. Like he's drawn to this painting. He's drawn to it. Like he wants to have whatever's in there. So you feel like there's some sort of power or something that's already infected him. And maybe that hunger was already there, but it's stoking it. So I mean, it is his fault, but it's kind of not his fault because he's, you know, he's a kid. But anyway, he, he goes in there and he fucks everything up and Ma Wang sort of gets out, gets, I don't know, stabs him a little bit in the belly or some shit. I don't know what happened. And then Ma Wang sort of runs off and everyone thinks Ma Wang's, Ma Wang, Ma, Ma Wang? Ma Wang's gone. But really, Ma Wang crawled inside Haram, who, um, you know, our main male lead now has a demon inside him. And also... His eyes get stolen um, and they – so, like, wow, I'm explaining this so badly. But basically, at the exact time that during the ritual, Haram, like, falls in the river and he's drowning, somewhere else in the city, Jonggi, um, our heroine, also, like, she trips or whatever and she falls in a river and she's drowning. And then um, I think it's the grandmother goddess lady kind of, like, like – swaps their eyeballs or some shit <laughs> puts a little butterfly on the back of Haram's neck um, and the butterfly is to like kind of seal Mawang inside Haram so poor little Haram wakes up after this 
awful shaman tried to murder him in front of everybody. Um, and he now has a demon inside him, which he doesn't know, but we know. He also has red eyes and he can't see anymore. And meanwhile, across the city, you know, it's pouring with rain. Chonky wakes up and she can see, and it's a fucking miracle. So I love this. I love the idea of them swapping, you know, their eyes. I thought that was super, super interesting. And it means that, you know, even though they're separated and they have this great reason to be separated as well, like she doesn't know what he looks like and he can't go and visit her because he's relearning how to do everything. Like he's starting from scratch. Um, it would be so hard for him. And also, I'm pretty sure his dad dies really soon after that. So, you know, he's, he's having a tough time. Um, so, yeah, I really loved it. This, this connection between them, this swap where, you know, she's got something that belongs to him. It's really interesting. Uh, so then they grow up and, you know, um, she grows up into this incredible artist. And the stuff that I loved in this drama was when they were really focusing on her and her art and her, like, her passion and the different types of paintings. Like, um, there's this whole big thing where she, she wants to win this, you know, the the prince's competition, basically. And this is the second male lead, Gong Myung, Grand Prince Young Myung in the drama. So Grand Prince Young Myung runs this big, you know, really famous painting competition. And the people who get into the last round get jobs in the palace. So it's very prestigious, but they can also potentially ask him for a wish and people might buy their paintings and pay them a shit ton of money. So, but it's also like, obviously, kind of an upper elite form of entertainment. Like everyone's very interested in it. People come to watch it. And she's sort of forbidden for taking part, but she decides to anyway because her dad um, is, you know, he's still hanging on, but he's extremely sick and she keeps getting swindled out of her money with people offering, you know, cure-all medicines, but she's trying again. She's heard of this particular thing that that maybe the Grand Prince, Young Myung, might grant her this special medicine or whatever. But all this stuff was so good. Like, they go through all these different rounds and they're talking about all these different, like, styles of painting and, like... I know that might sound boring, like a couple of episodes all about people painting, but it is done in this way that it's very exciting and you keep getting worried she's going to get, you know, chucked out of the competition. And on top of that, the paintings are so beautiful and the idea of them all being given, uh, given themes and then the different ways the different artists interpret the themes and like... I loved it. This I just thought it was so good. I was really quite riveted by this like really long painting competition. It was really good. Um, and also like, I just think Chonky herself, like, you know, once you kind of meet back up with her as an adult, she's such a great character. Like she's so, she's very charming and vivacious and she's just full of life and really lovely. I don't know. I really, really liked her as a lead character. Um, and of course, you know, her and Haram sort of come across each other again and she's all like, you know, is this the boy from my childhood that I've never been able to forget? Is he not? And meanwhile, well, she doesn't presume that he is because he's blind. Um, but also, I guess it's not that surprising to her considering she miraculously, you know, woke up one day and wasn't blind. Um, but also, you know, Haram has these red eyes and he's an astronomer now working in the palace and everyone is... You know, they all think he's very handsome, amazing, but they're also a little bit scared of him. You know, they don't think his eyes are a good thing. Um, and we kind of find out that Haram has this secret identity and I don't really understand <laughs> anything about it, except that I was very interested in that as a plot point at the start of the drama. It's the idea is that I know he runs this sort of secret 
society thing down in town where he can get you whatever you want and he kind of has his fingers in like all the different I don't know pies Joseph pies <laughs> basically he's like an underworld uh ruler dude and he wears a cool mask so no one knows that it's him and you know has some like cool sword fighting lackeys and stuff so I was really interested in this because you're like why is he doing this like why does he have a secret identity and then eventually it comes out He's after revenge, like he's best mates with the Grand Prince Young Myung, who's the second male lead, but he's also out to absolutely destroy Grand Prince Young Myung's um, dad, the king, like, because Harun believes the king has murdered his dad and like, you know, he's on this big revenge plot. So even when he starts to realize that Jonki is this girl from his childhood that he also could never forget, um, he also kind of keeps pushing her away because he has this revenge plot and he doesn't really want to get her kind of caught up in it but also I have to say he didn't push her away very well at all he couldn't help himself at all (laughs) so I actually really liked the romance in this I thought particularly like all that early stuff like when she's like is he isn't he and they're kind of thrown together a few times but then you know he's got this bloody demon who keeps escaping out of him turning him into like I don't know an 80s rock star in a glam metal band (laughs) it's like mad hair on him (laughs) and then he keeps trying to murder her and like pluck out her eyes so I mean all that sounds bloody fantastic right it's very good Um, and then there's a little bit of a love triangle for about five minutes until the drama totally forgets about that (laughs) Um, with uh, the second male lead, Grand Prince Young Myung, sort of, you know, he's very, very taken by Chonky after the whole painting competition and stuff. And he was actually like seeking out um, a really talented painting forger because he's bought this very expensive painting that was actually a fake. And he realizes it's her. And at first he's angry, but then, you know, he's just completely charmed by her. And of course, like this woman is beautiful, but also just very cool. Um, But also... He's a little bit self-entitled, so he's very, like, he's just sort of hits on her and just, I feel like he just thinks everything's going to go his way, um, which was interesting. I didn't mind that at all. I feel like it kind of got dropped a little bit, though, but it felt like a bit of a flaw in his character that I liked because he's so perfect otherwise. Um, so I wish that could have been explored a little bit more, but um, I did really like that once, you know, Grand Prince Young Myung sort of starts getting interested in Chongqi, this is the point where Haram sort of you know, he keeps trying to push her away and not be involved. And this is the point where he has to be like, mm, you know, you kind of have to have to get involved. And if you, if you want her, you've got to do something about it. So I really liked all that kind of love triangle stuff, even though I do feel like it just sort of petered out a little bit. Um, but I think that's because the whole demon plot line just takes like really center stage um, after the initial setup, which I'll talk about later. But I guess that's enough sort of setup. Like, um, you know, they just all meet again in the future and one of them, Haram, has a, he's got a little demon inside him and, you know, everyone wants to get it out or whatever. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to go into some stuff that I love because there was a lot that, that I really, really loved. Okay, so stuff that I loved about Red Sky Lovers, uh, obviously the first 10 episodes. I thought they were perfect. I was addicted. Like I said, I think I marathoned five episodes in one day. Um, I thought the whole show looks really beautiful. It's very uh, crisp, crisp, clear, crisp and clear, but you don't say crisp when you're trying to say those two things together because that's not a word. Anyway, it looks great. It looks really beautiful. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I just, I really loved it. And I think I really, really liked the characters as well. Like, 
I could like complain a little bit because I feel like things went around in circles so much towards the end that I kind of, I think I just lost interest in the plot itself. That's probably what my problem was. But in saying that, I liked the characters that had enough sort of like leftover love for them as people, as people, as characters, whatever, um, that I wanted to keep going. I wanted to see them, you know, get the ending. I wanted to know what would happen, even though I wasn't that invested in the story so much. But I did really like the characters. I thought they were very, um, I don't know, just great to follow, I suppose. Um, so I love the setup. I love just the general like... You know, the whole thing where she's got his eyes and whenever the demon comes out in him, he, you know, his first thing is to chase her and try and fucking murder her, which is less nice. But to get these eyes, like it's so, I liked that connection and I like the way there's all these mad gods sort of like floating around in the background with some like, I don't know, green smoke or whatever. And they're popping in every now and then to kind of like just pull some strings and change some shit up so that, you know, Haram doesn't accidentally murder Chonky. Um, so I don't know, I really liked all that, the gods and the magic and the curse, I suppose, even though I don't know if I loved Haram's whole like Mawang look, like Mawang sort of comes out in him and he just like, you know, his hair will be perfectly coiffed in his, you know, lovely Joseon man top knot. And then suddenly he turns into Mawang and he's got this like... I don't know, mad, like, metal, glam metal fringe and it's floating around everywhere. And I was like, why is that there? I wasn't really sure why it was there. And he gets, like, I didn't mind his cool, long, black, like, fingers and fingernails. And I thought his, his you know, he kind of has kiss makeup, like, you know, metal band kiss or whatever. And I don't know, it was quite metal. Maybe that's a good thing. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I did like that he was cursed and that he had a demon inside him, though. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then, of course, you know, you kind of realize that it's his proximity to Chonky every time their skin touches, that it's bringing this demon out in him, which is, you know, shit, because they're falling in love. So, yeah, I really liked all that stuff. I thought it was really fun. Um, and I, I really liked the childhood sweethearts thing. I think that worked in really well with the story just to have this connection between them and I think I feel like I'm just constantly in awe of k-dramas that that they they they, they managed to pull off these childhood sections you know <laughs> like I feel like every single historical drama that I've watched very recently has this it has this meeting between them when they're kids and somehow the writers of these dramas keep dreaming up an instance where two tiny children can meet one time and you actually believe that they wouldn't have forgotten about this like 10 years later. Like you actually buy into that this was a big moment in their lives. And I feel like that was the same in this one. Like, you know, when Haram meets Jonki and he's so charmed by her, you're like, yeah, I get that. Like, of course he is. Like it's moving and it's romantic, even though they're tiny children, but whatever. And Chonky is, of course, you know, this very lonely girl who doesn't have friends her age. And it's this really big deal that he listens to her, that he hangs out with her, that he spends time with her. Like it imprints on her and it's believable. So I thought that was, I don't know, I think it's really clever. Um, it's just the way these dramas just keep, keep, I don't know, tugging my heartstrings with these little childhood sweetheart sections, even though they're children or whatever. <laughs> Um, so the female lead, Chonky, I really liked her. Um, I don't even know what to say about her, except I liked her kind of pizzazz. <laughs> is that the right word? Oh my gosh. I feel like this whole chat is just like derailing majorly. 
<laughs> she's got some pizzazz, that girl, but she does. She's just very plucky. She's cool. Um, she goes for it. She's like, you know, very headstrong and she believes in herself. Like, oh, I don't want to say she's arrogant about her art. It's not quite arrogance. There's just this confidence. Like she knows how good she is. So she's not going to be like needlessly humble about being fucking amazing at her art. And I really, I don't know. I liked it. I liked her, um, you know, her good mates at her painting school and her kind of found family at, at her house and all this kind of stuff. I thought it was really good. Um, and Hiram, so the male lead, I, I did really like him. Um, I, like I said before, I quite liked that he's quite quiet and gentle. Um, I really liked the fact that for 90% of the drama, he's blind. I thought that was really cool. I feel like that's, um, it was interesting in the drama, but you know, I guess I haven't seen that in a sagok or, you know, really modern ones either. Um, so I really liked that, even though I felt like about the halfway point, his eyeballs started moving around more than maybe they should have, but whatever. And that's fine. I didn't really mind. Just gave me a small chuckle every now and then. And there's this one scene where Haram gets like, I don't know, he gets shoved in a cell in the like police bureau or whatever. And he's sitting in this police bureau cell. And then there's like some old dude in some other cell down the way. And this old dude, I don't know, he makes a sound, moves around, who knows what he does. And Haram's just like his little eyeballs just flick to the side where the sound was. And I'm like, I just don't think that's, that's, you just don't, it's not right. But anyway, it was fine. And like I said, I got a little chuckle. Um, so I've written some sort of thing here, but who knows what it is. Oh, I really liked, um, with Haram, I really liked, you know, he has this really interesting friendship with Grand Prince Young Myung. And again, I feel like this sort of stuff just sort of petered off and it was just, the focus was so much on like just repainting the same painting over and over so that, um, you know, they could save the day or whatever. But I really did like the kind of interactions at the start between, um, you know, the very perfect Grand Prince, Young Myung and Haram. And Haram is just like, there's so much going on with him, but you feel like, I don't know, you feel like it's all beneath the surface. So he's like a calm pond or something, but you know, there's crazy stuff going on underneath. And I, I really liked that aspect of his character. Um, but then of course, when Grand Prince, Young Myung kind of starts hitting on Chongi, and I felt like Haram sort of starts... I don't know, kind of standing up to his friend a little bit. And it was just kind of created a little bit of conflict and tension that I really liked. But hey, I'm a fan of the love triangle. Like this is something I love. I just always enjoy a good love triangle. So that's a personal thing. <laughs> um, so like I said, I love Chonky's kind of painting family. Um, she has sort of a fake dad at the painting. You know, he's like her painting instructor I suppose and he's played by an actor that I really like I've seen him heaps of like different stuff but I just think he's very very likable um and he sort of has this kind of you know budding romance or like clearly it's been going on forever but neither of them can like kind of get up the guts to do anything with this other woman who works at the you know the painting place so I really liked that and I really like Chonky's two like best painting buds and they're all just like I don't know they're all just uh teasing each other and poking fun at each other all the time but there's just so much love and friendship there and I really enjoyed that I thought it was really nice um like I said the whole painting contest stuff like the scene the artworks that all the different contestants came up with like I loved all that stuff and I loved I don't know I, I think I, I always get a real kick out of um 
maybe just, you know, when you're watching a drama and there's a competition of some sort in it, like whether it's an art thing or a singing thing or, you know, whatever, like writing and you get to be, I just love it when the drama does a good enough job of showing you in a way that makes you agree that this main character really should win. Like their work really was the best, like it's really good. And I thought they did a really good job of that with Chonky's artwork in that I was like always really surprised and amazed at the different pieces of artwork that she came up with or the way that she interpreted the themes was really moving. So it was a very clever, um, I guess, whole sequence that you actually do believe the judges would actually pick her. She is that good. So that was really fun. I really liked it. Um, so I really liked Grand Prince Jiong, uh, but potentially that had more to do with the fact that I like the actor Kwok Xiong, <laughs> because really, I was trying to think about it, because at first I'm like, yeah, he's like, this is big villain, he's villaining it up, he's running around being a villain, but then I was like, is he though? Like, does he actually do anything, or does he just sit around plotting in his little room with his little people, and they just sort of plot a little bit, and then every now and then Grand Prince Jiang sort of, like, lifts up his hanbok and shows off this, like, little belly wound that he has, and he's like, oh, I'm going to die. That's, I mean, that's sort of what happens, but sort of not. Um, but I really like this actor, so I was like, yep, yeah, this is great. What a great villain. Like, just brilliant. Also handsome. So I liked him. I don't know. Um, I thought he was great. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move over to stuff that I didn't love, and I'm probably going to keep it a bit brief because I feel like I've sort of been poking fun a lot. Is that okay? I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on. All right, so stuff that I didn't love quite as much about Red Sky Lovers. Look, the main thing, and I feel like this was the main problem for me, is that I caught myself getting bored. I actually got a little bit bored and I was so into it that it took me a little while to realize and to kind of figure out what had happened and why I felt that way. And I realized that there's this point, and I feel like it's around episode 10 maybe, where there's about four episodes in a row where the characters are all discovering huge pieces of information, like huge pieces of the puzzle. But they're all pieces that the audience has known since like the beginning. So you're kind of seeing the fact like we know that Ma Wang is inside Haram, right? We know that he's cursed and Haram's hanging out. I meant Ma Wang's hanging out inside Haram, um, but no one else knows. So we kind of have to watch like, I don't know, like Grand Prince Ju Hong and his little side lackeys sitting around in their like side lackey room and they're like, oh, maybe Ma Wang's inside Haram. And then, you know, we're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we know that. We know that. But you see the whole scene and then you see him tell someone else, someone else finds out. And we're like, you know, it's, and each time it's like this big revelation because of course it is a big revelation to those characters, but it's not to me because I already know. <laughs> so it was like, it was like watching, I don't know, like five or six characters running around solving all these different connected mysteries. Like, oh, maybe this is this and this is this. And everyone's discovering it at different times. But it's all the same piece of information that as a watcher, we've known since like, I don't know, episode three. And it took me a while. At first I was like, what's going on? Like, why am I not enjoying this anymore? 
or, you know, I was still, still okay, but I was just getting a bit bored. And I realized, oh, it's just because like, there's been literally like three or four episodes in a row where all that's happened is that Chonky is painting a painting. Once she's painted it, everyone's like, nah, it's not good enough. Stop painting that. Paint it again. And she goes, all right. And then she goes back and starts painting it again. Haram's like, I don't know, finding out that he's got Mawang in him or sitting around in a small jail cell. And then everyone else is also finding out just the exact same stuff like oh painting she's the divine painter and oh like let's stick my wang and I'm really complaining quite a lot aren't I <laughs> I just felt like it was being on a merry-go-round an information merry-go-round and it was presented like an exciting mystery that the characters were like picking apart the mystery and discovering the truth and I was like well that would be exciting if I hadn't already known all these things anyway I'll stop talking about it but I think, this is what I think, and I hope that listeners that really loved it don't hate me forever. <laughs> I feel so nervous dissing stuff. Um, but this is my personal opinion, was what I thought, was I actually thought that the setup was incredible, but then the execution and the resolution was actually quite simple. Like, I think maybe it was too simple. Like, I feel like it was straightforward. Um, it doesn't feel like it's fully straightforward when you're watching the drama because all these characters are working so hard to find out all this information, but it's all stuff we already know. And then realistically, the entire plot for the rest of the show is can Chonky paint a painting and can Haram you know, not let this monster take him over and kill everybody, but also show up on time and, and will the ritual work. And ultimately, you know, they give it a try a couple of times or whatever. And then it just, it just works. And then when it works, we still have half an episode left. And that's when things got, I think, really weird. <laughs> like, I feel like the drama finished but then it still had like 40 minutes of time left. And then they were like, oh, we'll just have this big like romantic sequence between, you know, Haram and Chonky, which I liked. I also really liked, um, you know, because Chonky in, in the final big scene, I'm onto the final scene for some reason now. Um, you know, during the big final ritual, she loses her eyes. Haram steals them back or, you know, Ma Wang inside him does. I loved this. I love the fact that she is then blind and she has to try and complete the painting and her dad turns up to help. I thought that was all really cool. And I also like, I don't know, a part of me was like, I feel like she'd be more upset at losing her sight. But at the same time, she thought she was going to go crazy. She thought that Haram was going to die and she was going to lose him. So I feel like, you know, she was well, as far as she kind of thinks she was born blind. So for her, it's it's not quite as hard as it would have been for Haram waking up blind as a young kid because, you know, he wouldn't have known how to do anything. Whilst she might have been able to revert back a little bit easier. So I kind of get why she was sort of okay with it. But then we catch up with them five years later and they're happy as Larry. What a weird saying. Who is Larry? Anyway, they have a small child. Everything's great. They're completely in love and Chonky can see. And I actually really liked the explanation because at first when that happened I was like oh like it almost felt like a cop-out like I was like oh you like like oh you've watched these characters go through all this shit we just want them to be happy as like fan service or something but then when they actually explain why and like obviously when Marwang gets destroyed Marwang's curse gets destroyed and his curse was that no descendants of the royal painter would ever be able to paint. And of course, that curse is dissipated, which means that the curse on her eyeballs has dissipated and now Chonky can see. So I really liked that. I thought that was like, I don't know, it was a very clever little end thingamabobby, 
my bubby. I liked it. Was that what I was talking about? I don't know. I thought I was talking about stuff that I didn't love. Um, what didn't I love? I've literally written down under stuff that I don't love. Oh, I really liked the conflict of Grand Prince Young Milne in, in the love triangle. I don't feel like I understood what I was trying to write here. That's weird. Uh, I guess what I was probably trying to say is that I, I felt like I really liked Grand Prince Young Myung more at the start of the drama. And then I feel like, I almost feel like a lot of the characters sort of almost took a backseat to the plot. Does that, that's kind of weird, isn't it? That sounds weird. But I felt like there was a lot less characterization and less interactions between the characters. And it was more just everyone telling me what I already knew. I'll stop complaining now. Um, so what else? Oh, so I did really like the end, I, even though, like, I thought it was really weird that the drama kind of, like, finished, like, the, you know, the big climax of the big, you know, scene with the ritual kind of finishes within the first 20 minutes or half an hour of the last episode. So then you've got a solid half an hour to just fill up with, you know, basically happy romance swoony scenes, which... I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker. I actually kind of liked it. I was like, you know, as a writer, this is weird. This is a weird pacing thing. Like this is a strange choice. But as like a K-drama fan who likes watching swoony couples on my screen, like I was like, oh, yes, yeah, it's quite lovely. <laughs> I really like it. Um, but what I did find completely strange was the very, very end. So um, we get this you know, this beautiful swoony scene, um, Haram, it, you know, it's their birthday. Haram takes Chonky off to like, you know, a peach place, a peach place, I guess like a, you know, like a peach grove, a peach tree grove, um, whatever. Anyway, it's very romantic and it's very beautiful. And they just have like lots of lovey dovey married for five years, but still in love kind of moments. And it's really nice. Um, but we've also seen that Grand Prince Young Myung came to visit them on their birthday and he gets like kind of called away last minute because someone's like, there's some shit happening at the palace. Like you gotta go home. And he's like, all right. And then we get the romantic scenes and then the drama just finishes. And I'm like, what about that whole thing? Like this whole plot line that they've dropped, which is um, we get to see Grand Prince Juhang, who ever since he sort of failed, he just got stuck in a cell and he's been sitting in a cell for five years clearly going completely insane and laughing manically in his cell and I'm like so he's apparently he's raised an army and he's going to you know escape that night and try and take over the throne and I was like this man one he's still got his like Marwang little belly poke so he's like he's slowly dying of an, like demon infection he's gonna die he's clearly insane like he's like laughing manically at everybody and I'm like who are these idiots that are following this man and helping him take over? Like, this is clearly a very, very silly idea. But anyway, um, so we kind of see that he's going to break out. He's going to try and take the throne. And then we see Grand Prince, you know, Young Myung kind of being told this and rushing off. And then we just get this really lovely ending with Haram and Chonky being like romantic in the peach grove. And then we get our freeze frame. And I was like, that's weird. I feel like they forgot something. And then... We get a super odd scene with just like, and I think it's like literally called like loose endings. And I was like, that's a very odd way to like, I don't know, fill in your plot holes at the end of a drama. Um, and one of them was, I don't know, there was some annoying gangster at the start of the drama who was always chasing Chonky around and like trying to extort money out of her or bash her up or some shit. And they're still trying to find her and do that, but they're lost because they're idiots. And I was like, right, okay, probably not that important, but whatever. And then it cuts back to the palace and Grand Prince Young Myung is like getting dressed up in armor 
He's going out to meet his brother. So Grand Prince Juhong has like broken out of his little jail cell and is walking around in a red king's robe that is undone, absolutely smothered in blood from head to toe, looking a little bit crazed, I have to say. And these two brothers are all like, you know, meeting. I nearly said meeting on a dance floor. <laughs> Though, no, that's not correct. Although I'm getting amazing, amazing mind pictures now of them doing a dance off instead of like trying to murder each other. You know what? <laughs> I guess it would have been a weirder ending, but not by much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I guess, you know, they're going to fight each other to the death for the throne and then they rush at each other and they hold up their swords and they scream and then the drama ends. And I was like, that was weird. Wasn't it weird? If you saw it, wasn't it weird? I thought it was a bit weird. I kind of really wish they'd done like a big cool dance off at the end because each of the, uh, both of the two brothers, like Young Myung and Ju Hong, both have like, I don't know, 40 other soldiers behind them on either side. So it could have been like... A big synchronized dance-off would be really fun. Um, so that's it. I am going to stop talking now. I have reached the end. And all I wrote on the end of my notes was weird ending with three question marks. And then I wrote unresolved dot, 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 dot. Um, it was a bit unresolved, but also I feel like that whole conflict between the two brothers, it's sort of there in the drama, but it's never really takes center stage. And I feel like you'd need a whole nother drama to resolve that shit. Unless you're just literally going to stick Ju Hung back in his little, little cell. Um, so yeah, I'm done. I'm going to stop talking about Red Sky Lovers. Uh, and that's it. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm really done. Uh, so that's, that's it for fantasy romance drama, Red Sky Lovers, 16 episodes from 2021.